Well, welcome back to Catechize, the podcast where we discuss the historic Reformed confessions and catechisms. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, St. John the Divine, patron saint of uh, Japan and uh, <laughs> other things. John, have you read or and or watched Silence in preparation for your time in Japan? Uh, I've read it. I've not watched it. I've heard it. You know, you could probably read the book faster than you could watch it based on... It's like a three-hour movie, isn't it? It's quite long and devastating. Yeah. But it's, book, it's good. Yeah, the book was good. was quite interesting. It had some weird theological points, but... I mean, it's um, about Jesuits, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, me and Josh are just talking about how I'm preparing for a, um, you know, a brief, a couple-month mission trip here in a few months to Japan. So, pray for your boy. Pray Send for your boy. <laughs> send me a single dollar please uh if every Ca- listener cash is- only in an envelope in a weird <laughs> brown envelope <laughs> if every listener sends me a dollar i will have at least a few dollars that's so uh, true <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh but yeah anyway we <laughs> we digress uh, well speaking of praying Hey, Good nice Sogway. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, have I told you, John? This is something maybe for the whatever. At my church, me and my wife joke that our pastor, when he is preparing a sermon, starts with his segue from the sermon to the Lord's Supper because really? it's yeah, it's so like it is. It is a distinctive feature of every sermon that there is a very well constructed, <laughs> if not sometimes cheesy but always good and always thoughtful segue from the sermon to the Lord's Supper. It's like this is – he lives for the segue between like, the two. It's, all it's right, great. I have the segue now. What <laughs> passage should I preach on today? Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, I think Anyways. Um, I when I took the preaching classes in seminary, they – there was they put a, not on that specific transition, but they put a lot of emphasis on good transitions. So, like for my sermons for classes and stuff, I'd always have like kind of like bolded um, transition sentences on my like uh, on, <laughs> on your manuscript thing. Yeah, on my manuscript and stuff. So, so I'm like, make sure to focus on the <laughs> transition. So, and afterward, they'd be like, that was, you had great transitions. And I was like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's what hilarious. I'm aiming for. Anyway, we're prayer. so proud of you. Prayer. <laughs> yeah. Good segue uh, to prayer. Today, we're continuing to talk about prayer. So we had last week, question 98. Today, question 99, uh, as kind of these introductory questions about prayer. And then we'll spend the rest of this season and the rest of the time in the shorter catechism looking at the Lord's Prayer specifically. Um, Without further ado, John, would you like to read question ninety nine and its answer, and then I'll and then I'll go and we'll talk about it. We got a regular old episode, sure. nice. no questions, no fuss, no muss, yeah, etc. All right, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna just cut you off there, Josh, before you. Fair enough. Um, all right, uh, here we go. Reading question ninety nine of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What rule hath God given for our direction in prayer? And the answer. The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule of direction is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Wonderful. Uh, again, for you, question and answer uh, 99 of the Shorter Catechism. What rule has God given for our direction in prayer? The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule of direction that uh, is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples commonly called the lord's prayer boom quickest I, oh go oh, ahead go ahead. 
<laughs> um, quick aside. I think it is absolutely hilarious how, like, de- every church favors whatever tradition they are, whatever denomination they are. Every church favors a different rendition of the Lord's Prayer, and it's always <laughs> only differing around sins or debts or transgressions or whatever. Yeah. And it is so funny because you'll be in a congregation, like, and we'll pray the words your son taught us, our father, blah, 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 blah. And then when it gets to the sin part, it just goes from this, uni- even though it's always written in the bulletin or somewhere. It goes yeah. from this like unis, you, this one voice of the people into like a hodgepodge for half a sentence, Forgives where everyone trespasses, death sins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it cracks uh, me up. We we said it at church today, and I almost messed up. We did debts today. Uh, I almost said the other one, um, mm, or another one. For, Anyways, it, it's also funny because like I've seen it as sort of like a well, you know, us Lutherans, we always do this, and, and sort of like, aren't we just kind of basing this on the trans? translation of this one word sort of right <laughs> i don't know so anyways um, it's it is funny to deal. me and we're not in yeah. the lord's prayer quite yet that's next week um but, but so just, the, really quickly the uh the episode is ha- looking at key concepts or key ideas um derived from the whole of scripture regarding our instruction from prayer so so if we're gonna say with the ca- with the catechism like we should that we should pray under the light and wisdom of all of the Bible, what does that look like? We've got some tidbits for you. And then we're going to briefly point towards the Lord's Prayer, which we'll expound in the next several episodes. And then we'll go to our heresy and history. Or yeah. history and heresy. Cool. Yeah, I I think, you know, kind of an, just sort of an opening reflection on this real quick is that I think this question and the previous question, so 98 and 99, um, have a sort of, pleasant synergy <laughs> that will um yeah. that i think will uh i think we'll be able to unpack a little bit today but basically you know last week we focused a lot about um uh, the importance of offering up our desires to god so we talked about how we don't want to be robotic um or heartless in our <laughs> prayers this week we sort of provide a contrast to that um to some extent where we're talking about kind of the form of prayer form what? rules guidelines like it shouldn't yeah. just be this unbound free-spirited word vomit before god but rather yes. to be constructed to be within biblical bounds to be formal that's good yes. too be yep. sincere and formal yeah exactly and so i think that's a helpful balance for us when it comes to prayer because it's it it calls us to kind of walk a line rather than going crazy one way or the other sure. um good so, good framing yeah. john yeah, so good, I guess good John yeah. framing, if you will. <laughs> good John, <laughs> I see what you did there, John. Framing. It's a dumb joke for Theologian. a few people, anyways. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, yeah. So, take it away. All right. <laughs> a lot of energy today. We're recording at a better time of day, not five a.m. That is um, funny. Yes, it makes a difference. Also, I feel like I don't need to be as quiet because my daughter is awake, and I don't need to risk waking her up, which is nice. nice. Um, which is, yeah, that's the, the greatest fear always. Anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, so b- basically, we want to walk through um, three examples of pray like this person in the Bible um, mm-hmm. that, that, would, that would kind of help us understand how the whole of the Bible, and obviously, there's countless more things yeah. we could, passages, people, prayers, we could turn to in the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, but we just wanted to give you three because 
uh, yeah. we chose we chose that. So um, the first idea is that if, if we're going to look at um, how prayer is directed and guided and governed in Scripture, um, the first example we want to point to is that of Abraham and Moses. Uh, mm. and, and Abraham and Moses, I think, really well each exemplify for us praying to God by, by appealing to his character, by appealing to who he is, yeah. what he has promised, and what he has said about himself. Uh, we, 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 last week, we talked about our desires. And if we are to pray under the guidance and direction of all of Scripture, how do we bring those desires before God? Well, we seek to understand how our desires would be, would be conformed to and fit to his will. And then we lay them before him um, and we base our requests on the on who God is. So I'll give an yeah. example from Exodus and then we'll chat about it for a sec. Sure. But in Exodus 32, this is where God's like, hey, uh, don't worship other gods and don't worship via idols. And Israel's like, cool, but how about if we made a golden calf and worshiped it? Um, and then uh, they, God is going to destroy them because of that. And, and Moses prays to God in, in Exodus 32, 11 through 14, the following words. Uh, Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and cons uh, consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from the disaster against your peeper, people. <laughs> Remember Isaac, shoot. Remember Abraham, Isaac, uh, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as stars of heaven and all your land uh, that I have promised I will give to your offspring, uh, that they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing to his people. Uh, mm. And so Moses here is praying to God and he's saying, spare them. And he's not saying spare them because I really want this. Spare them because they didn't know any better. Spare. Yeah. He, he doesn't ground his request in anything other than the character and promises of God. Spare them so that Egypt would even see that, that, that you are the God who keeps his promises to his people. Spare yeah. them so that even Egypt would see that you are the redeemer who saves his people for good um, and, and is merciful to them. Like they certainly deserve what you, the, this judgment that you're promised. And this also um, connects to that idea uh, of, of like, do we change God's mind? Go back to the impassibility episode from several back uh, immutability and passibility from earlier in the catechism. Um, to look at that, but but yeah. Moses is request making requests of God and grounding them in who God is and what God has promised. Abraham does similar things when he intercedes on behalf of Lot and Sodom, and mm -hmm. and then claims in his prayers and asserts in his prayers that the Judge of all the earth will do what is just. Uh, and so um, that that's slightly different, but it's still praying to God according to God being just. I want I want this to be done. You are just to do what is just. Um, and when we ground our prayers in God's character and in God's promises, um, we are recognizing, teaching and training ourselves and those with whom we are praying and for whom we're praying. But we're also acknowledging before God that we know him, that we trust him, and that we are making the requests we're making um, because of a faith in him. Because yeah. we say, God, you've said this. I'm asking you to do what you have promised to do. And I believe because you are faithful and unchanging and perfect and good and just that you will do this. Yeah, we see this. You see this a lot in the Bible. And I think it's a great reminder for us in our prayer that um, 
we can kind of bank on God's character and on God's promises. Uh, Moses here bases his prayer re- like request um, in the in God's covenant with Abraham. He says, like, you know, you've done this. Um, you promised this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, don't forget about your promise, basically. Not as if God would forget about it, but um, but that's sort of the idea. He's basing it in God's promises. And, and so I think in, in a lot of situations, we can pray in that way. Now, this isn't, I feel like, you know, I feel like I've seen like Joel Osteen and stuff make this this claims. reality this principle can be abused <laughs> yes <laughs> where it's sort of like god has promised us joy and wealth and happiness and uh so claim that promise that sort of thing is you'll often hear and i don't think that is accurate i also don't think that's actually promised um, right it's, in, it's in this life um, pray according to who god has actually said he is and what he has actually <laughs> promised don't pray to God according to how you can manipulate his word. <laughs> yeah. And also when you think about it, that's clearly for self benefit when that, when that prayer request is, is made where it's like, just give me money. Basically the, how can I manipulate God to give me money is sort of the, the feel of that prayer request. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's a great reminder to base our prayers in God's character and in who he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Want nice. to move on to number two? Number two, pray like David slash the psalmist. I think there's two ideas that I'm going to get here. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of Psalm 55, uh, and then I'll make my points and pass it off to John again. Um, So uh, Psalm 55 reads, uh, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of my enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they beat. Uh, sorry, they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Um, that was verses 1, uh, one through 5. Or, sorry, 1 through 6. Um, and... Uh, my my two my two points that I want to try and make here is that look, look to David's example, look to the example of the other psalmists, and and see that that again, kind of this bolsters last week's discussion. Um, yeah. We can we can bear our soul before God. We, we need not fear honesty or or vulnerability or feeling or uh, seeming like a a a, a, fee, a coward or whatever before God genuinely lay before god uh the the state of your soul um knowing that he has taught us in his word that this is right in prayer to do uh maybe it may be that prayer is the only context where we're being this open and uh, and vulnerable is is fitting for whatever reason but if mm. even if it's not there's nowhere else to 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 lay your soul bare like this prayer certainly is that place um, even, now, hopefully there's other places with family or friends or church or whatever, but even if for whatever circumstantial reason, you have nowhere to, to bear your soul as David does here, um, always is it fitting and right and just to go before God and, and lay, lay your soul before him. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the first thing that, that we pray to God and according to his character, we pray to God with honesty and, and openness and vulnerability, trusting, entrusting ourselves to him. Yeah. fully uh and also um uh one of the other takeaways is, is a kind of 
a step removed from that. And that is um, just as David or just as Abraham and Moses pray according to God's character, um, we should pray according to God's word. Like it is not wrong to, to take and adopt David's words for ourselves. Mm, Uh, We can pray the Psalms to God as if they were our very own, uh, knowing that these are perfect, inspired, inerrant prayers that we have entrusted to us by God and are tools by which we can bring our concerns before God. Uh, that, when, that when we are struggling to even find the words for our state, um, use, use David's words. Um, yes. uh, that's, that's not a bad thing to do at yeah. all. Pray to God, um, not only according to his character, but pray to him with his words uh, found in scripture. Yeah, I think that's great. This this reminds me. Um, so David's a great example of this. Um, Moses is is interestingly a pretty good example of this as well. Where um, if you look at Exodus, what you see a lot is Moses complaining to God about kind of like ah this isn't going to work and God being patient with him. Um, in contrast to the Israelites who murmur to each other. Sort of so rather than bringing their complaints to God, they bring their complaints to one another, doubting God and doubting him. And what we see is that Moses is pretty much never um, chided by the Lord for bringing his or if he is, it's very like it's very mild and in a very loving way um, for bringing these complaints and these uncertainties and these doubts to the Lord. Whereas when the people don't take them to the Lord, but keep them amongst themselves, it is it is severely punished as murmuring and as basically disloyalty to the Lord. Yeah. And I think that gives you an interesting picture of when when we're praying, you can take your complaints, your sorrows, your anything to the Lord um, honestly and seriously. And, and the Lord is not like Mm-mm, that that prayer just didn't have enough kind of faith power power behind it. I'm going to I'm going to reject it like. Um, you can take those concerns to the Lord and he listens. It's when we start um, taking those concerns not to the Lord, but sort of murmuring against the Lord that it becomes a real issue. And I think that um, I think that the Bible kind of makes that clear in the in the juxtaposition in, in the Exodus story. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah. Number three. Um, number three. Number three, which is uh, pray, pray like Hannah. Um, uh, Hannah. For those of you who don't remember, um, is uh, uh, Samuel's mom. Um, so s- she, like many of the other women highlighted in the history uh, of God's people, uh, was barren um, and mm. a- and laid her um, concerns before God, and um, a- and that that's the kind of third idea. So pray according to God's character and His promises, who He is and what He said He would do. Uh, like Abraham, like Moses, um, lay your soul before God, bring your concerns, bring your complaints, bring yourself and bear yourself before God, like David and like Hannah, bring your true desires before God. This again, um, fits well with last week. I think, um, that, that, that the things we really want can also be those things that are, are, are within God's will. Um, and and so like Hannah, we ought to genuinely, uh, uh, and earnestly bring our deepest and truest longings, um, uh, before God. And we see, um, Hannah's, Hannah's prayer, um, in first Samuel one and into two, 
Um, and this, I'm flipping there. You can probably hear the pages kind of. Um, what's cool here is that we see in chapter one, we kind of have two different kinds of, of prayers being modeled by Hannah. We see her ceaseless prayers in the temple before God, where she's just pleading and begging God for her truest and deepest longings to the point where the priest thinks she's drunk um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because she because of her praying. Uh, and then after uh, her prayer is, uh, is granted and, and Samuel is born and she dedicates him to the Lord in the temple, she prays in chapter two, um, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. Um, and, and so the kind of before and after pray, uh, praying about our deepest longings is modeled by Hannah, where we should bring them before the Lord and then praise and celebrate him for who he is upon the granting of our prayer. And, and again, last week we talked about sometimes and or even oftentimes the granting of our requests looks different than we would imagine it. Um, and so our celebrating and gratitude to God will look different depending on how he has answered our prayer. Mm-hmm. But, but Hannah models this bringing of our, our true longings before God and then returning to him in light of his answer to our prayers. Uh, and, and that both I think teaches us um, to, to again, bring our longings before God and to also both in the before and the after um as we come before God, remember that that our by our requests and by our gratitude, by our thanksgiving, that all good things come from God. That He is the giver of every good gift. Yeah, I think it's great. To, um, I think it's a great focus to um, pay attention to what you were saying there, Josh, about First um, Samuel two, where she is. It's sort of like the the story the story of Jesus and the lepers and he heals the lepers and only one comes back to thank him. It it makes a big difference to be thankful and to acknowledge that the cause of your uh, your answered prayer or, or whatever the outcome of the prayer um, to to thank the Lord for His response or to go to Him acknowledging that um, whatever the outcome He is sovereign and you have have put your trust in him. And so I think that's a good um, kind of aspect of prayer that is underappreciated. Just being thankful and showing gratitude to the Lord for all that he has done for you and all that he is doing. So cool. Um, So quick wrap up of those three before our fourth point and then moving on. Uh, So pray like Abraham and Moses pray according to God's uh, character and promises uh, pray uh, ground your requests, uh, your gratitude, your your every prayer in who God is and what He has said He will do mm. for for His people. Uh, pray like David, who who opens himself, who lays himself, his soul before the Lord. Uh, bring every concern and complaint and need and and, and lay uh, like do not um, do not think you are uh, too holy or too miserable or too. Um, uh, I don't know, whatever, to, yeah. to lay your condition before God. Lay your condition before God. Uh, and then as you are laying your condition before God and praying to him according to who he is and what he has promised, um, uh, bring your longings before God and respond to God's answer uh, with gratitude, uh, with hope, with trust, and with faith as modeled by Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then finally, uh, as a kind of 
pre-segue into the subsequent questions, which will come in the following weeks. Um, don't, neg- no, don't neglect the Lord's Prayer. The question is, all the Bible guides us. We've been particularly taught in the Lord's Prayer. And so our prayers, mm-hmm. I think, should be uniquely grounded. Uh, I think generally speaking, the American church, at least from my experience, um, undervalues the Lord's Prayer. That mm. Very literally in scripture, his disciples were like, well, how do we pray? And Jesus says, these literally say these words, <laughs> pray like <laughs> this. And the, the God man, the creator of all things, the redeemer, our Lord and King has given us like a two paragraph prayer and said, pray this, this is how you pray. And we, for various reasons, neglect it. And that's silly. Um, yeah. Like when I was uh, growing up, wasn't super familiar with the Lord's prayer. Um, my football team in high school, after every game, knelt in a big huddle and prayed the Lord's Prayer together uh, because we were in a rural place <laughs> uh, and, and, and were a football team. But when we started doing that, I was like, why are we saying this Catholic prayer? And, and, and I was a dumb 13 or 12 year old or whatever you are when you're a freshman, 15. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, this is too, and it was like, oh, too Catholic, really? It's uh, it's in the Bible, so, um, and so, but I think that there are plenty of people who would share that folly that the Lord's Prayer is too Catholic, and that's just hilarious and stupid. Um, or we yeah. we 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 don't want prayer to be formal and scripted. We think it should be sincere and and spontaneous for some reason. That's the thing we'll kind of cover more. Uh, but but um, we don't want to pray the Lord's Prayer because it's just a pre-written thing, and prayer isn't genuine if it's not spontaneous. Or yeah, whatever. I just have it memorized so like it's not real prayer right um or or along that exact line it's too easy it's just these it's so short and it's so simple um uh and and when we 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 make ourselves wise and end up being fools to think that praying uh, along the lines of how god has told us to prayer has how christ has told us to pray um is is too simple it's not complex enough it's not specific it's enough it's not personal yeah. enough or whatever um uh <laughs> no. or, or, or we are faithless and we think it's too simple and so we we we, we uh, neglect it because it doesn't say what i want to say um and, yeah. and so i think there's a lot of s- foolish reasons that the lord's prayer is neglected by some maybe all of those are true of your experience or none of them or one of them or whatever yeah. um but or a different one that we didn't think of uh, but I think we too easily neglect the Lord's Prayer, so yeah, don't, I, don't don't do that. I think I bet the the one that I've I, I sort of have I feel like I've seen most commonly is the one that you mentioned where it's just too um, too uh, regurgitated, too scripted. It, there's there's no heart in it. I think is the 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 challenge. I think I've most kind of heard to using it. It just doesn't have enough personality or something like that in it, and. Like Josh said, I think that just doesn't that doesn't hold up. Um, Do you think and, it being authentically you is better <laughs> um, than it being the 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 very words the of instruction Christ? Instruction of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Not only his instruction, but also his wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and 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 are are is your authenticity? more authentic than Christ's is your mm. wisdom more wise than Christ's yeah. uh, is your uh yeah perception uh more accurate is your yeah are you more personal to pray your own words it's yeah, it's it's just unfortunate yep. um yeah well shall we move to the old history of the week uh yeah let's do it so do pray it. like pray like Abraham and Moses 
uh, pray like David, pray like Hannah, pray like Jesus, uh, and, uh, and we'll unpack his words in the subsequent weeks. Uh, this week for the History of the Week, we are back in the Institutes um, with John Calvin. I'm going to read a whole section. Um, of, of It's a quite short section um, okay. <laughs> of, of chapter 20. So the, Calvin's Institutes, book three, chapter 20 is about prayer. Super long chapter, really, really good. Um, and, and section two, the second section, uh, is just, I think, a good, a good word on prayer. So I'll read it and then, and then I'll briefly comment and we'll move on. Um, Calvin writes, to prayer then are we indebted for penetrating to those riches which are treasured up for us with our heavenly father. For there is a kind of intercourse between God and men by which, having entered the upper sanctuary, they appear before God and appeal to his promises, that when necessity requires, they may learn the ex- by experiences that what they believed merely on the authority of his word was not in vain. Accordingly, we see that nothing is set before us as an object of expectation from the Lord, which we are not enjoined to ask of him in prayer. So true it is that prayer digs up those treasure, treasures which the gospel of our Lord discovers to the eye of faith. The necessity and utility of this exercise of prayer no words can sufficiently express. Assuredly, it is not without cause our Heavenly Father declares that our only safety is in calling upon His name, since by it we invoke the presence of His providence to watch over our interests, of His power to sustain us when weak and almost fainting, of His goodness to receive us into favor, though miserably loaded with sin, in fine, call upon Him to manifest Himself to us in all His perfections. Hence, uh, admirable peace and tranquility are given to our consciences for uh, the straits by which we were pressed being laid before the Lord. We rest fully satisfied with the assurance that none of our evils are unknown to him and that he is both able and willing to make the best provision for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think oftentimes Calvin and, and old theologians need like benefit for many from a little clarification. So I'll try that. Um, (laughs) But, but, but Calvin's, the gist of Calvin's words here are that um, prayer is, uh, is, is good. It is essential. It is necessary um, because it is the way that we go before the father uh, and we, everything we see promised, uh, everything we hear promised um, uh, or to use his words, uh, that what we have learned by experiences, uh, by the mere authority of his word, um, that he has set before us an object of expectation. So the Lord says, expect this. Uh, we are enjoined to ask for that in prayer. God says, expect this. And everything he promises us, everything he tells us is ours. Everything he, he teaches us to expect um, is 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 that which we are to request of God in prayer? That prayer is the way that we grasp uh, by asking God for all that He has promised to give us, for all that He has promised to be for us, and all that He has promised to do for us. And then He He outlines how um, in our weakness, um, uh, in our prayer, we we trust in His providence. Uh, we trust mm-hmm. that He is overseeing our circumstance. Um, in our prayer, uh, we we find sustenance. For 
when we are weak. Uh, we, we grasp his goodness and his favor. Uh, and when we are burdened with our sin, uh, we find relief from that. Uh, and peace is given to our conscience. Uh, and that all of these things, again, that are promised us in the gospel, um, we ought ask in prayer, knowing that God grants our prayers and hears our prayers, and that prayer is the the gracious means by which we can interact with and approach the God who has made promises to us as people. And, and as we approach him, ask and receive the things he has promised to give by means of prayer. It really is, it really is, you know, and I say this not as an, an accusation to anyone because it's just as true of myself, it really is quite baffling, you know, the when you think about what prayer is, um, it's really quite baffling that we're kind of neglectful, by and large, so bad at it. <laughs> like yeah. we're so neglecting of it. Um, when when you think about um, exactly what it is, you know, you're speaking with God who has told you to speak to Him in this way, who has commanded you to, who has promised blessing, um, not not necessarily blessing in the sense of you know material gain, but um, He's promised goodness from it. Um, he has promised what he has promised. Expect yeah. what he has promised. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is tied to prayer. And we see example after example of this in in the Bible itself. And yet when it comes to us praying, it's like, mm, nah, like I got better things to do. Um, and I think it's sort of it clearly shows our uh, reliance on ourselves when prayer is thrown on the back burner um, and we decide that our own efforts are much more important towards our endeavors so yeah so yeah delight in the thing that calvin delights to see that god god has has bid us to come before him to draw near to our creator and redeemer our father and god Uh, and he said when you come remember all the things that i have shown you and promised you and come and ask me for those things ask Mm -hmm. me for peace for strength for uh, assurance, for forgiveness. Uh, ask me for uh, the, the lifting of my burdens of sin and guilt. Uh, ask me for wisdom and guidance. And in, pr- yeah. in prayer, you draw near to me with those requests uh, and trust that I will give you according to my promises and according to my goodwill. Um, Cal- Calvin is delighting in the reality that we have this privilege to do that with uh, to to have this interaction with God in prayer, and so we should uh, delight in prayer uh, as yeah. Calvin uh, instructs us to. Yeah, cool. Well, shall we heresy go, of the week? Shall we go to the heresy of the week? Take her um, away. All right. So heresy of the week, as we already alluded to earlier, is this again? You know, a lot of our heresies are not formal heresies, but. Um, a way to talk about mistakes and errors common to Christians. Correct. So um, when we talk about um, prayer, one of the main heresies, as we've already hinted at, is this view that God desires only our authentic self in prayer. So if you aren't freestyling in the prayer, it's not a good prayer. Um, this, I think, um, I think you see this, well, especially in like kind of more contemporary churches and stuff like that, I think the the vibe you get is that unless the the worship pastor is up there mid, between songs and raptured by the Holy Spirit and just sort of saying things about, you know, the Jesus being in this room or something like that, it's not an authentic prayer. You need that sort of like 
tear-filled eye in order for it to be um, something of value. And so that I think is, um, and this is also a good place to discuss, I think, kind of the historic reformed approach to prayer, which has been um, to have much more uh, prepared or written um, prayers. Written, not necessarily meaning you read word for word, but prepared in the sense that you have um, gotten yourself ready for the prayer. You know what you're going to pray about. You have either a sort of script or an outline of what you want to pray for. Um, this is also a good time. I think me and Josh sometimes, uh, you know, we've we've taken our fair share of shots at um, more high liturgical uh, church denominations, Anglicans, uh, old Catholics especially. Um, and obviously we're not condoning everything there, but I think it is a, a good place where we can say, hey, that, you know, the idea of focusing on written prayers that um, can kind of sink into the people's mind that are rich with meaning, that have, you know, well thought out, carefully um, considered meanings. Um, we can we can affirm those and say those are a good thing because they are taking what this catechism question, especially with the Bible itself, says seriously, um, which is to pray as the Bible teaches us to pray and to pray especially as Jesus has taught us to pray. So I think this is a good kind of reminder for us that um, just because uh, a prayer is written down or just because a prayer is is a historic prayer does not mean that it is insincere, um, does not mean that it does not have any value because it doesn't, it isn't just like this heartfelt word vomit, like Josh said earlier. Yeah. 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 I, I would say, in fact, like that mentality is often coupled with an idea that, that God doesn't necessarily have a rule to govern prayer, mm. but that, that like God's concern is that prayer be sincere and authentic yeah. Um, whatever those words happen to mean, <laughs> um, and and we 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 do harm to ourselves by like by championing authenticity and sincerity, um, and saying that God doesn't care; He just wants me to be be real. Um, mm -hmm. and, and on the one hand, we we miss out on the thoughtfulness that comes from written prayers, whether they be inspired uh, prayers from Scripture or be useful and helpful prayers from pastors and theologians from present or past, or they'd be things prepared beforehand by ourselves um, that like a, 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 uh, a structured prayer is, is helpful, but not only do we miss out on the benefits of that good thing. Um, we also neglect the fact that God does care how he is prayed to. God does care how we approach him. Yeah. Uh, God wants us to approach him. Keep, like, like, how how many times have you heard a prayer somewhere that was really sincere and authentic, and yet someone was praying uh, uh, to God in ways that actually weren't true of his character? Not that they were mm. intentionally being heretical or erroneous, but because they were just going with the flow of their thoughts, and it was like a stream of conscious, yeah. sincere thing with a synth behind it. Um, they prayed things that actually did not accord with the character and promises of God or the prosperity people who 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 claim the promises of god in word but in reality what they identify as god's promises are in no way god's promises yeah uh, but they're spirited and they're impassioned and they're sincere uh and so we 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 not only miss that the good thing of praying formal thoughtful prayers but we also do the harm of neglecting the reality that god has governed how he desires to be prayed to um yeah, yeah. and then a quick 
side thing that's somewhat detached from that is that we even recognize as a culture that that scripted does not necessarily mean inauthentic. Um, I am no fan of uh, of self written vows for weddings. Um, uh, I think they're bad. Um, usually because they aren't vows. They are just lists of things you like about the other person with no promise uh, to them at all. Yeah. Um, but, but, and so it's not a vow. It's just like a really bad poem about how beautiful and funny the other person is. <laughs> um, yeah. But all of those self-written vows, um, you'll see the teary-eyed bride and groom pull out some crumpled piece of paper from a pocket and read it. Uh, and so it is a, a premeditated written thing that they would identify as sincere. Yeah. Uh, and so we know that sincerity is not mutually exclusive to thoughtful pre-written things. Mm. Uh, and so why not have the whole thing? Pray to God according to who he is, according to his guidelines, his expectations, his, his instructions for prayer. Pray thoughtfully by preparing and thinking beforehand how you will pray. Uh, and, and also um, pray with sincerity, knowing that when you pray, there is no more sincere prayer than to meditate on your desire, yourself, your longing, and how it would accord with who God is and what he has promised. Yeah. And this this runs exactly, pretty much exactly parallel to um, times we've discussed um, worship and like the regulative principle of worship. Right. I think, I think um, they're, you know, kind of similar to what we were saying about authentic prayer. I think there's a view that like, uh, yeah, particularly, I think it kind of takes shots at like Presbyterian and similar denominations where, um, where during the worship, people aren't like losing it and dancing around and, and like being enraptured by the spirit. Um, they sort of take shots at that because it doesn't look sincere. Whereas if you're just like jumping off the walls and, and screaming hallelujah and stuff like that, it, it looks more sincere. But in actuality, you know, the Bible gives us, God tells us how he wants to be worshiped in the Bible. And so when we break from that, what we're doing is we're basically saying like, I know God might want this, but I think I got something a little better for him right here um, that he's going <laughs> to like a little more. And right. so I'm going to just, I'm going to try something else. Um, I'm going to innovate here a little bit. And so I think the same idea is true of prayer. The Bible tells us generally how God wants to pray, not like word. Well, actually in the Lord's prayer, word for word. Um, but we have tons of examples of prayer in the Bible entirely. And um, when we just neglect those or don't think they matter because we want to pray the way that we feel most kind of authentic or real praying. What we're basically just saying is, I know those were good, but I think what I have you'll like better. So, yeah. So yeah. It's a good connection. Yeah. Sweet deal. Well, I think that's all we've got for you. Hopefully helpful. We'll be back next week as we begin to look uh, at, at the Lord's prayer. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at catechizedpod. Send us your thoughts, questions, concerns to catechized at gmail.com so we can get that questions with the catechismans segment back up. I might borrow some questions from former students uh, oh, uh, nice. until until we do have more questions from you all. Um, special thanks to those who support us on Patreon. Uh, you are genuinely really, really helping this show stay alive. 
Um, thanks to those who support us in prayer. Thanks to those who have left comments, uh, like, sub- subscribe, share the rest. Uh, you can listen, like, subscribe, share, comment on right in the app with Apple Podcasts or on Spotify as well. Please do that. It also helps get a little visibility and stuff. Check mm-hmm. out our website, catechize.org. Um, uh, it, it's a good, it's a good website, good resource uh, for the things that we have done, uh, and will hopefully uh, only improve with with more stuff for you all. Uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully that's it's been been good. We will see you next week. Catechize your kids. Farewell. <laughs>